and where we're at in this day and age. Uh, I was on um, Facebook, and all of a sudden I had a pop-up on my Facebook, and it's, it was my profile picture from 11 years ago, 11 years ago. And it said, do you want to update your profile picture? But more than that, it had a picture of a dove in no, it was truly God. And then two days later, I said, Lord, help me to be techie, because I don't know how to be techie. I want to save this. And it was gone. So it was a glimpse by God, just to confirm the word that I gave. So thank you, Father, that you move, that you move, that you move. Amen. Have you got something? Where's that? Did you have something to share as well? Come on. Yeah. No. Okay. Spirit's moving this morning. Come on. A lot of preparation for today. 2,000 years of preparation. Before we move on, uh, there was a lot of stuff going on while we brought this. Um. We can look in this basket, and some might say, oh, that's a lot of money. If you're the one paying the bills at the end of the month, you'd say, wow, we need a lot more money. Um, This money goes to provide every outreach that we do. This money pays the fuel bill that has been astronomical this year. This money goes to pay the light bill. to clean everything, our outreaches, our ministries, the food ministry, and I just want to have a Betty Green moment. (laughs) I don't want to just move on from the offering. We give out of grateful hearts to you this morning, Father. We give whatever we brought here today, Lord, because you gave it all. You gave it all, and today is about that. You coming in and surrendering your life to give everything for us. We don't take light the offering, and we don't take light the offering of your body and blood that we just partook of. So I ask you to bless this offering. And Father, may you bless the communion that we all just partook of. That it would strengthen us, that it would empower us, to do the very impossible that we sang about this morning. Father, I pray for us to focus. Focus upon today and focus upon you and focus upon the season that we're in. One of the most powerful seasons, the most powerful moments of your life, Jesus and the life of your people, and the life of your church, God. And we take it seriously, and we rejoice in it. In Jesus' name. Now, Deb, come and do what you were going to say. Amen. So, friends and family, so on friends and family, we usually share testimonies. And um, 
you know, one of the things that the Lord's been talking to us about is um, sons of God are men and women who are led by the Spirit. We, we don't walk by our flesh. And so it's been this inner cry of this house that we would become those sons of God, that we would be led by the Spirit, that we would not respond um, to the things of our flesh as the enemy pulls us. And um, this week, um, for me, was a little stressful at work. How many can relate to that? All of us. I'm not a techie person by any means. And um, so when it comes to technology and the computers, that is really, really stretches me. Um, when I have to learn something new, it really, really stretches me. And especially when it's something important. And um, so I'm trying to learn this, this new uh, New Hampshire building. And I'm going on the website. And I print out an 87-page manual um, to follow what I'm supposed to do. And it's not working. And I'm becoming very frustrated. Um, there's a point to this, and I'm going to be quick. Um, in, in the process, um, I called the New Hampshire um, office and got this woman on the phone. Her name is Pamela Durkee. And as it turns out, Pamela Durkee is a born-again Christian woman. And so Pamela spent several phone calls with me, walking me through each step. The, the point of this was that what the Lord showed me is though this incident was very stressful for me, there was another purpose. So God connected my heart to this Christian woman who has a good friend that works in the office that needs a miraculous healing. And she was getting ready to get on a plane and fly all the way to California to the healing rooms for healing. And I was like, Pamela, we, we have healing rooms here, right here in our church. And so I got to share with her, I'd like you to pray for Eileen, her friend who has cancer. Um, Pamela is going to bring Eileen down, so she'll contact Lonnie. But in this, what I wanted to say is, yesterday morning as I was praying here in the sanctuary, what I wanted to share was that we can't be satisfied with where we're at. We, we can't be satisfied with just the mere flame, this little flame that's on our heart. Um, we have to have God's consuming fire in our heart. If we're going to accomplish and become what he's called us to be, if we're going to be those sons that walk by the Spirit, and don't entertain the lusts of the flesh, we've got to have a consuming fire. Um, we've been praying for such a long time for the Lord to take us deeper and to take us higher. And so when he comes to do that, there's a stretching that's involved. When we make the decision, not just day by day, but moment by moment, to walk by the Spirit and to hear what the Father wants us to do. A lot of times, it requires us to make a sacrifice and to lay our life down again 
and to lay more down until we lay everything down. And so, I'm sorry, I just... The Lord doesn't want us to be distracted by the things that are going on in our life, whatever those things are, whether it's family or finances or illness. He doesn't want us to be distracted. See, the Word says that we are changed to glory to glory. But we can't be changed if we don't abide, if we don't sit in His presence and make that time every day constantly reminding ourselves as we edge off the path doing what we need to do but bringing our mind back into what the Spirit is leading us to do. So I just wanted to encourage you today that though there are things in our lives that are frustrating, learning that new thing on the computer was very frustrating for me, but it led me to be connected to a woman who knows Jesus, who's spirit-filled, who is excited about the kingdom of God, who I can call at any time, not just about work, but I can tap into the woman who knows Jesus personally. So I encourage you today, don't be led astray. See, whatever we feed more is going to grow. If we feed the light of God, that will grow. If we feed the darkness, our soul and our flesh, that will grow. So let's, let's grow in the spirit. Amen? Amen. Beautiful. We've heard a lot of good things here this morning. A lot of good things. Um, it is Friends and Family Day. And normally it doesn't wind up on Palm Sunday. I hope you noticed a couple of palms around here. Some of you don't even know what Palm Sunday is. How many people don't really know what Palm Sunday is? It's okay. It's okay to raise your hands. Um, I know that the Lord told me there were people coming today that don't know what Palm Sunday is. I've been thinking about today, I've got 12 minutes. I don't know where Chris is, but I know they're working on, um, they're working on our lunch. Some of us have got that on our minds and what we brought. But I want you to stop that, and I want you to focus. It was a day a lot like today. Everybody was having a good time. I want us to focus on Jesus. This is about what happened on this day. Next Sunday is Easter. Everybody knows that, right? Resurrection Sunday. Jesus rose. Sunday. But what happened a mere week before he left? I'm just going to tell you the story. You can go home. You can read Mark 15 and get some of the chapters of that. It was quite a day. It was quite a day. They got up that morning Lots of activity in town. Everybody come in for the Feast of Passover. There were millions of people in Jerusalem at that time. I was pondering. Greg sent me some pictures of while we went on our Israel trip and uh, that he was going to share. 
And um, there were a lot of things we were going to do today that haven't happened. But there were a lot of things that people were planning that day that didn't happen. But they were out on the road. If you want to know what Jerusalem looks like, there's lots of pictures over here. Go and take a look at it. We went and we saw it. They were out on the road. It was a dirt road. Some of it was stone the Romans had put in. And Jesus, the disciples are like, hey, we got up early. What's happening today? You know, the feast is coming. Passover is starting. Here, the people are in town. The lambs are going to be slaughtered. So what's going on today? And he says, well, first of all, go over. Go into this town over here. They were in Bethesda near Bethany. He's like, go over in that town across the way and look. And now I'm paraphrasing. I'm just telling you the story. You can read it all for yourself. It's in Matthew, it's in Mark, it's in Luke. Come on, you can read the story. But if you want to read what I'm talking about, Mark 15 is a place you could start. And he said, go over there, and you're going to see a donkey and a colt next to it. It's full. It's baby. And I want you to go and get those and bring them to me. And it's like, okay. So that would be like me coming to your house or Jesus saying in our time, saying, um, go to that other town over there. Go over to Queechee, and you're going to see a red car and you're going to see a little small sports car next to it that looks alike. And I want you to, you know, get those things and bring them over here to me. And they, he said, well, now, if anybody says anything to you, just tell them that the master needs it. And they're like, okay, well, that's giving me a little relief. Right? That would be what it would be like today. So anyway, they went over there and they got the coal and they got the full. And they let them have it for the master's use. And they were prepared with what they were going to tell them. They brought it to Jesus and Jesus got on the colt and they put some of their garments on it. And they headed in for the temple, the temple mount. That went by the Great Wall. You'll see pictures of it over here. <clears throat> and they headed up there. Now, the people were lining the streets. They had other ceremonial activities that they did on this particular day. And I don't have time to go into it. But they were already standing there with palm leaves. And they were expecting something else. It was a ritual that they partook of. But all of a sudden, here comes Jesus. And they're like, He's on this colt. And so they just start they start em, 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 embracing him and they start responding and they start waving their palm leaves. And they're waving their palm leaves. And, and I don't know whose coat this is, but I'm going to use it. Thank you. The master needs it right now, okay? And they started throwing their garments down. And I'm sorry, but this isn't a colt, but and and he was walking along on the colt, and they just kept throwing them down. And this is what was happening. And the disciples are there, and they're waving all this stuff. Thank you. Thank you. I can replace that for you, darling. It's anointed. Wherever your feet shall tread shall be the glory of the Lord. Amen? My feet just walked on that. Okay, I made sure I wore clean shoes. I... I But are you getting this picture? And they're going along this over, it's about a mile at least, road. 
And this is going on, and they're throwing their garments down. And the disciples are like, wow, I can't believe it. And they're saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Nor Say it, Hosanna in the highest. Say it louder. Yes, Hosanna in the highest. So say it again. Hosanna in the highest. I mean, we're talking two million people. Two million people. Two million, over. And that many, you know, and almost that many lambs. They were going to have Passover soon. It was a party going on. They watched him go all the way up the bridge that used to attach itself up to the Temple Mount. You can see it when you go to Israel now where it was. They have a different one now that's built beside of it, so you can look where the original one, but this thing went all the way up to the Temple Mount. He heads up there where the temple was. He finishes his day. He does a lot of stuff, but what I'm saying is they were embracing him. They were loving him. What an awesome moment. How would you like to get that kind of ceremonial clapping and shouting and praising the Lord and Hosanna in the highest? Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. I mean, these are people he had healed, some of them. The stories, they all knew who this guy was. They were embracing it. Some, many were embracing him as more than a prophet and a good guy or a rabbi or a teacher. Some in that crowd were embracing him as the son of the living God, as Christ Jesus, the Messiah. There was a mixed crowd and a mixed multitude there. But this is what was going on. And by the time he got up to the temple and the priest saw this kind of thing, and, you know, as he would go through, they would just just imagine it was a big parade going up there to see what Jesus was going to do next. And he went up there. And when he saw what was going on up there, he saw that the merchandisers were up there and they were trying to make money on Passover and selling all these animals and, and things for sacrifices that were going on. And Jesus had a moment of, of a righteous anger and he went in and they had tables and everything that should have been a place of worship and, and, and this was a holy day and he knew what he was headed for. And he went up and he turned the tables over and he just crashed them on the floor and all the money went flying for the marketers and the profiteers. And he said, you've, you, you've turned my, my father's house into a den of robbers. And this should be a house of prayer. This is my father's house. Well, that was... that. That wasn't a thing that made the Pharisees and the, and the chief priests too happy. They weren't too excited about it. But here I'm talking, it's Sunday. And in seven days, we're going to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there was a party going on, and there was a lot of joy. And people were like, yeah, we've been waiting for this moment. And everything was exciting. And then they left, and they did other things that day, and they went and they had dinner, and so on and so forth. You can read about it. But what I'm talking about is four days later, things changed. How could this be the moment of joy on a Sunday, and by Thursday, everything has changed? 
Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes to the north. And by Thursday, it all changes. And they start betraying him. And then it's um, trade him for Barabbas. It's put him in chains. Take him down and beat him. Beat him as much as we can. Make fun of him. How can we go from that kind of joy to Jesus entering in the most painful moments of his life? In four days. In four days. How does that happen? Well, I ask it about, let's bring it home. How does that happen to you? How can you be going along one minute and experiencing great joy and all of a sudden, you know, life is going great and suddenly, boom. Boom. I read in the headlines about a family of four that headed for Iowa about a week ago. They were taking their whole family. I mean, they... uh, They were from Iowa. They were headed to Mexico. They went to Tulum, and they were headed for a family vacation. A young family, two young children. They're excited. They went all the way on this awesome vacation, a school vacation. They're going to see whatever they were going to see. They were a good family. And then nobody heard from them anymore. And a tragedy happened while they were there. There was a gas leak, and the entire family was wiped out. How can we go from moments of joy, and within four days later, this family is no longer? And so the family that's left behind, this just happened. still in the news. Do you follow what I'm saying? How do you relate to this moment of Jesus in your life? Well... In these moments when we're experiencing that kind of pain, we think nobody else, nobody else in the world knows what we're going through. But I want to tell you that somebody else does know what you're going through, and it was Jesus himself. How do you go from that kind of a high to that new kind of a low? Yes, when we went to Israel, all the crowd that's here, it was an awesome thing. The day that we went, um, we got to go to the upper room. We got to go up there. We got to go to the place. The Last Supper took place. We got to go up to the upper room where later, you know, after Jesus was risen and and the fire that Debbie was talking about, the all-consuming fire came on them and they were baptized in the Spirit. We got to go there too. That happened in the same place. I know that it's I know that it's friends and family but I want us to remember what we're here for and why we're even here. I know some of you here are in pain. I Lonnie and I went and we saw the movie I can only imagine. We were going to sing that song today but things have changed to keep with the flow of the service. We didn't sing it. It's one of the best movies I've seen. Um, 
And I probably say that from my perspective because I could totally relate to the mo- to the movie because of my own life. And so Mercy Me, the lead singer, this is what the movie is about. It's about his life and how he came about to write that song. How many of you know the song, I Can Only Imagine? Uh, it goes, it cro- it's secular. It went to all the country stations. It went to regular stations. I hope that America goes and sees this because God, I believe, has allowed for this movie to be released at this time so he can reach the masses of humanity in the low moments of their pain so that they can know that Jesus is always with us no matter what happens. And even though you may freak out at times when you're in those moments and you may do things that aren't particularly, that you're proud of, Jesus is compassionate and he will just keep his hand in your back and keep steering you in the right way. Four days after the moment of joy, he's at the supper, the last supper, And Judas takes off to betray him. He spent the last week, two weeks before he even came to this day of joy and then betrayal four short days later. He's been teaching them every parable he can. He said, what's it going to be like when when you come back? He's telling them he's going away and they're, they're trying to wrap their brains around it. I mean, how can you, it's just, you can't prepare yourself. It's like having a baby. You really can't prepare yourself for that moment till it comes. You know? And here's Jesus. And he's facing that moment. Judas leaves. The others are shocked. They've had dinner. Nobody wants to eat dessert. Right? It's rough now. The food they just ate is turning in their stomachs. They're not sure what's going on. Now they're really scared. This looks like it is the moment. Jesus says, hey, let's go for a walk. They walked out of the city where the upper room was, and they headed up for the garden areas. They crossed the valley, the Hedron Valley, and they went up and went up into the olive trees in the gardens that were up there, and Jesus began to pray. That's what happened four days later after Palm Sunday and the rejoicing. He asked him, he invited a few of the disciples and said, Come over here and pray with me, please. Because this is what he knew he was headed for if something didn't change. When Terry got up here and said, You know, but I've always, but I've always lived here, Lord. Like, let me live here. Let me. Let me stay. I love it here. Those were some of the emotions Jesus was feeling. We really can't even compare it to that because, hey, he knew where he was headed, but he, but he had on his mind, like, he kept saying, Father, if there's any way from, for this cup to pass from me, if I don't have to drink this cup, meaning the cross, 
then, you know, I'd sure like that. And then he'd come back to the disciples that had fallen asleep. They couldn't even pray. It was so heavy in the garden that night. The moon is shining. The moon is shining. The temple is lit up with fire torches all around the top. Where they were praying, they could look across the valley and they could see everything. And the temple was looking like it was on fire. When you go over and you look at those pictures, you can kind of imagine this awesomeness and smoke coming up from the fires on the altars. Three times he came back, they were asleep. Bottom line is when he went back the final time, he said, Father, if this, if this cup can't pass from me, and there's no other way to do this, then he said these words, not my will, but thine be done. And he even sweat blood when he was up there in the garden. We got to walk in that garden, didn't we? We got to walk in that garden. We got to be where there were five trees that were two to 3,000 years old. Those trees were in the garden when Jesus was there. If those trees could talk. And they can. It's just that we don't understand the language. Okay? Um meaning that they communicate. They have a communication process within themselves. And suddenly the time was upon them. They'd seen torches coming up the path to the garden. They knew they were coming for Jesus. We know that they arrested him We know that Peter cut off one of the ears of one of the soldiers. It was a nasty encounter. It was scary. It was terrifying. They've literally put him in chains, and they're headed to take him back. How many of you have seen the Passion of the Christ movie? Most of you. We know what happened next. He was beaten unmercifully. We know that there are the... Stations of the Cross, we, we walked up the Della, uh, the Della Rosa. We walked and we went to all the Stations of the Cross. We went to Caiaphas, what they believe is Caiaphas's house. Um, we saw everything. We, it was a long walk. This was like, hey, guys, it's like we're headed for White River by the time. It was, it was miles long. So I, I don't know how he did it. And on the road up to... The place of the skull. If any of you want to look at it, here's a picture of a hundred years ago of a place that they think is the place of the skull. You'll see right here in the middle of the picture what is the remnants of what kind of looks like a skull. This was a hundred years ago in Jerusalem. This is before before uh, the Jews in Judah has come back. So you can take a look at that picture. You can see the rusticness of it. 
in that hill. It doesn't quite look like that today, but that's a good picture to look at. And we all know the story, don't we? He got up there eventually, and they nailed him to that cross. It didn't look, this is a pretty cross. I like the song, The Old Rugged Cross. This is kind of pretty, but it was a rugged cross that they'd made. And they nailed him to that cross with big spikes and unmerciful mallets. After they tormented him and mocked him and belittled him and beaten him beyond recognition, we see street beatings. Uh, pretty much that's what they did with whips, flesh taken off of his back and his body. And they nailed him to that cross. And the skies turned dark. Watch the movies. Some of us all have Easter movies that we watch. If you haven't seen The Passion of the Christ, go rent it. Go get it. It's an amazing movie to depict what I'm sharing with you in a simple story because we have no more time. I can't be dramatic with you. I've been dramatic with you already. There's no time. And that's what Jesus was thinking. There's no more time. Give me another five minutes. I think there's a country song out there. Five minutes more. There's no more time. He's on the cross. And the moment comes. And they're still mocking him. The people on the other crosses were mocking at him. And the chiefs and everybody's still spitting and cursing him. He went from joy to pain to greater pain. But what did he do in the middle of that? There's no more time. He has to do the ultimate. He can't let any of that bitterness come in there like we do. He can't let any of that bitterness and hatred for what they're doing to him and every false thing that they were accusing him of. He can't do that. And I'm going to tell you, many have come up here today and said the time is short. The time is too short. There's no time for that in your life either. I hope you examined your heart at, at the communion table today and you let go of the bitterness and you let go of the unforgiveness because when Jesus did it all, just before he died, he looked out with the last strength that he had, and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I've thought about that many times, because I've forgiven people, <clears throat> and I didn't think I could say that. I mean, look, they did know, didn't they? Didn't they plot it? Hadn't they gone and plotted it out? And they did know what they wanted. They wanted to kill him, and they wanted to destroy him. 
How was it he could say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do? On the higher plane, they had no idea what they were doing. But nonetheless, how did that make him feel? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But we all know that's a lie, right? We all know that's a myth from hell. Words do hurt. Sticks and stones do break our bones, and so do those words. So do those wicked plans of evil. But nonetheless, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That must be the words that come out of the mouths of sons and daughters of the king. Because there's no more time for bitterness, saints. There's no more time. Time's up for that in our lives. We've got to surrender that. We've got to give it out. And we've got to say those words that Jesus said when somebody has crushed us and hurt us like that. They don't really know what they're doing on a higher plane. Only God knows. And he's going to take care of it, just like he did with Jesus. Now, next Sunday, we're going to come in here and we're going to be excited because we know the rest of the story. They grabbed his body. They put it in a tomb. Here's a picture, too. Look on this bookmark up here before you leave. This is actually, I wish I had all my pictures up here on the screen that we took. We visited this place. We stood right in the doorway. We went right through this doorway. It's the garden tomb. We also went to the place of the Holy Sepulcher, where the other tomb. There's a couple of places that they believe could be the tomb of Jesus Christ. We went to both of them. We're going to cover all the ground. But this one, what I like about this one is it depicts, it's in the raw. And we had communion there. And we saw a tomb just like the one that Jesus was put in, in the rawness of it, in the reality, in the realness of it. But guess what? Next Sunday we're going to talk about what happened. We're going to talk about what happened after they shut that tomb And we're going to talk about why we can come in here with a shout and a praise and why we can even walk and why we're even gathered because if Jesus Christ wasn't risen from the dead, then what in the world are we here for? Amen? What in the world are we here for? I know that I've gone past my time, but I had to tell the story because we can't not tell the story and have some of you who don't even know what the story was Come in here next Sunday and celebrate Resurrection Sunday without knowing. And that's why I just told you quickly in a short story form. Father, seal this to our spirits and anoint us in these days to rise up and be sons that walk in the impossible, that walk in the faith that moves mountains, Jesus moved the mountain that stood before him, the mountain of bitterness, and he said, let this mountain be removed. He talked to the mountain of unforgiveness and pain, and he said, let this mountain be removed. And Father God, let us join with him in this hour that whatever mountain is standing in our way, Father, in these days, None of it is bigger than what he faced. And if he's overcome those mountains, God, let us overcome these mountains and let us move forward into the new life. Let us move forward into the life of life and life abundant, Father. 
Let your power and let your anointing come upon us in these days that we don't just celebrate this week and this day and next Sunday, but that it goes forward dimensionally. And it goes just like the city, Father, that what is in heaven is coming upon the earth, Father, and it's coming forth in earthen vessels. Your sons and your daughters walking out the chapters that you've written in the book of life for each single one of them. So, Father, let your anointing fall in a mighty way. Let their ears be open to hear your voice this week. Let their eyes be open to see God's sightings and things that you're doing in their lives, Father. Whisper to them. Father, we see that you're visiting your sons and your daughters with dreams and you're visiting them with visions, God. Supernatural visions, Lord. Father, we ask for interpretations of all the things that you're speaking, God. Everything that's going on, you are aware. And we embrace you. And Jesus, one of the things you told us to do, you told every one of us to pick up our cross. Pick up our cross daily. And so, Lord, if we're, we're in a cross moment, if we're having to pick up a cross and carry it, and we're too weak, then, Father, we thank you for the brothers and sisters in this room that will help give us a hand on our journey. Because these people are faithful, and they will stand with us. They have our backs. We have our backs of our brothers and sisters, and we're going to walk it through. Jesus, anoint them all. Bless them. They partook of your body and your blood today. And God, may your life be increased now, increased in them. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. How many of you remember Leon? Leon Olds. I have the address for Leon right here. He sent me a letter last week. He's been battling alcohol probably for at least 10 years, maybe longer. And so he's got out of town. He's in Burlington. He's in a rehab. And I'll tell you what, I've never heard him speak better in his condition. He's working at the Olive, Olive Garden up there, and uh, he's hoping to find a church. He's got to still wait another 30 days, I think, or 60 days before he can go out in that way. But he was asking me if I knew of a church. So he can get letters. So please, when you uh, leave, the, I'll put this on the bulletin board out back. Please write him, because he's becoming a changed man, and he's purposed and he's determined, because he's removed himself from everything that's been an influence. He's living with his parents and has been for a number of years, and he's determined to break the cycle and get out. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you want to say something? Yeah, I do. Uh, the Lord convict. I, I'll get to you. I saw your hand. Uh, the Lord convicted me this week. Maria, please don't leave yet. Hold on a second. Come up here. Um, we had uh, we had a meeting with, uh, we've been doing leadership training on Thursday nights. And I was telling uh, the leaders I really wanted them to pray about any new directions or things that we would be going in or doing. And we were talking about how we really are praying for youth to come to the church because... A church will die if you don't have youth in it. You don't have kids. 
And so that was a major focus that we were talking about that night. But this week, God visited me, um, not in a dream or anything. But as I was praying, he said, um, I want you to take care of those that I sent to you. I want this to be your focus. You've let it down. And that's why I have... Get over here, Maria. I can't hold a mic, my phone, and hug her at the same time. This is one of my Brazilian friends and family. She's my family. She's my sister in Christ. And, you know, there was a time when there was 20 to 30 Brazilians coming to this church. And God reminded me. Do you remember that? Yeah. Giovanna and all the, and, and of course, we had Santa here last, uh, we had Santa here last week and different ones. And all along, I kept, during this, many times over the year, I thought, I want to learn Portuguese. I've got to learn Portuguese. I've got to be able to communicate. And we did the, we did the videos and the music videos, and that's fine. And I know that Haraselli and Matthew, you know, they're, uh, he texted me. I haven't had time to read his text today. But, um, you know, we're, we stay in contact and everything, and they're going through all that. But this is what God told me. He says, you're going to do it. And I said, yes, I will. I will. So I got this app this week, and I tried to send out a Facebook post last night. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see it yet? Okay. <laughs> it's pretty pathetic, but it took me hours to figure this out. And I want you to embrace the Brazilians. God said he sent them here. He wanted to gather them here. I'm serious. And we have a a priest that came from Brazil that's actually living in one of the apartments upstairs. He's not a priest anymore, but he was a priest at one time. And another family, Brazilians, right here. He says, I sent them to you. They're living on the property. I want the body of Christ to reach out to them. I want them to become this family, the family of God. And we can help them. We can help them when they come here and they don't know English. Why can't we help them? You can get an app. How many of you have a cell phone? Come on. I want to get the best one. So this is what I uh, tried to put on my thing last night. Uh, here, hold this. No, no, I want to try and read it, and then I'm going to have her read it in the real way. This is what I tried to put out there. Por favor, venga a la iglesia mañana o el próximo domingo de Pascua. Is it close? Por favor, venga domingo para iglesia o domingo de Pascua. I'll read that again. See, I needed her to tell me. So, see, we need to get them to come help us know how to do say it. So, por favor, venga uh, a la iglesia mañana o el próximo domingo de Pascua. Hey, that sounds pretty. Have I impressed you yet? Now, it says. Yes, yes. It says. Yes, por favor. Venha domingo, Ioana, que é só com inglês ou português? Em português? Yeah, okay. Por favor, venha domingo para a igreja. 
Eh, domingo de Páscoa. Por favor, venha. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Say, uh, say God bless you. Eh, Deus abençoe. Bless you. Or say God loves you. Deus ama você. Deus ama você. Deus ama a si. Vocês. 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 Okay? Anyway, I'm going to show it to you before you leave here. My whole post, and I put a picture on there and everything. So all my Brazilian family, so you know all my people that are on my Facebook. Maria, between now and then, I told them to, to come to church tomorrow, that I've missed them. I said, uh, uh, first of all, I just said to my Brazil pra Brazilian family and friends, I've missed you. God loves you. This is what I said. God loves you. And I said, please come to church tomorrow. Is tomorrow manana? Okay. Please come to church tomorrow, manana. Por favor, uh -huh. please, por favor. And I said, or Easter Sunday. God loves you, and I love you. And that's what I said. So find it and send it to him with a note saying, poor pastor, pray for her. She tried to reach out to us. <laughs> Tell them I miss them. Tell Giovanna I miss her. I miss her brother. He just had a birthday. Well, tell him anyway. Tell him again for me, okay? Yesterday, I say, come in, everybody, for church. Say okay, but then tell him I don't know what it, uh, say. Pastor will kidnap you. <laughs> How do you say that in Spanish? Portuguese. 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 Pastor? Pastor will kidnap you. Oh, <laughs> Amen. I threatened to kidnap several people yesterday. I threatened to kidnap Greg, and I told Terry on the phone last week that if she didn't come to church, I was coming to kidnap her. Now, the problem is when you put that on this kind of media, Lonnie says, Kathy, the FBI could come and arrest you any day. <laughs> I don't care. I love you. I love you. Yes, brother. Speak it. Thank you, Maria. A little bit louder? Yes, because her vertigo has come back. We prayed over her. It was gone for last week, and now it's come back. So, Father, right now, we as a family, Father, we activate that which was the supernatural that we spoke about this morning. And, Father, we contend that you would close the door. Father, the authority would close the door of that which is brought back once again, this spirit of infirmity, this which calls itself vertigo. Father, we know that there is so much that you have for Jeanette to do. Father, you said that the sign of the kingdom is when we have bound, when we've destroyed the works of darkness, which includes that spirit of infirmity. So we bind 
every spirit of infirmity, especially called by the name of vertigo in Jesus' name. We bind your fruits and effects. We rent you powerless. We command you to loose your grip upon Jeanette. In spirit of vertigo, we command you to go to the footstool of Jesus and never to return to her physical body. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would be the restorer, that you would bring balance. You would bring balance, power, and might within Jeanette's life. And Father, her body would become subject to the supernatural workings of the divine power, that, uh, that dunamis power. It would quicken her physical body to become alive, Father, and function perfectly in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody here that has any physical illness is Lord. We declare that divine health was bought at the cross, and we determine that we're going to walk in it, no matter what. And so, Father, I ask for these symptoms to be gone in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Under your feet. Amen. Amen. Ebenezer. Yes. The mother of my child has been going through a lot. Right now, as I'm speaking right now, she's in the psych world right now. Her name is Dorothy Quinones. So, I mean, on Tuesday, I think she'll be moved to the rehab. So, if anybody, you know, like, if you guys are praying, yes, you know. I don't want nobody to ask me what uh, what's happening, but, I mean, just just pray for her. Absolutely, you know. So, I mean, sometimes it's sad, you know, when the baby's asking, where's my mama crying every day, you know. Really, really hot, you know, but we're getting better. Yeah. Let's pray for him right now, Father. We do. We we Lonnie, come over here. Come over here, Lonnie. Lay hands on him. Lay hands on him right now, uh, Lord. We do. We pray for the circumstance that is in his life and in the life of his child and in Dorothy's. Father, you had me praying for her a couple of weeks ago. God, we ask you to touch her heart while she's in this place, Lord, that you would remind her of the thing, of the place that you touched her at one time in her heart, God. And she said that she would serve you. Lord, she spoke that. And, and Father, I pray for you to stir that place in her heart, God, that you would draw her close to you, that she would find you right now in her greatest moment of need. God, that there would be restoration and a resurrection life take place in her life, that she would rise up from the place that she's died in, Father. We call it forth now in Jesus' name. We pray for little Ebeniah, God, in her heart. Lord, that you would comfort her heart. Of course, she misses her mommy, but Father, we pray for her father here. We pray for you, Ebenezer, that you would just have the answers, and we pray for your peace and that your own heart is breaking, God. And now I want to speak to you. God, I was praying for you too. 
God wants Pastor and I to meet with you. I want to meet with you because you said, I haven't been coming. God has a storehouse in you. God has a storehouse in you. And you came in, and the last time I saw you, you were telling me how you were going to be going. But God said, you have work to do here before you leave. And if you don't do the work that he sent you here to do, he's not going to let you leave on the schedule you think you're leaving on. That's a serious word. It's a serious word, and I want to meet and talk to you about it more. You feel that. And so I'm going to be seeing more of you because you've got a work to do here, and you were meant to do it. And Pastor and I are going to meet with you then. I want you to contact me when it's good. I won't be able to meet with you this coming week, but the week after I'm going to meet with you. Okay? And I want you to ponder what God said here today for you. You guys aren't in a troubled moment for nothing because when we're in troubled waters, there's always a good story to tell after we're done going through it. Amen? And you're going to have more of that. Amen? I bless you, my brother. I bless you, my brother. You're going to bloom. You're going to come forth. It's what he wants, his will. You're going to be saying, not my will, but thine, Father. Amen. I bless you, brother. I bless you good. In Jesus' name. Father, we bless the food next door. We thank you for all the hands that have prepared it. Father, knit our hearts together. Make sure you sit across the table from someone that you don't know yet. And be a good listener and talk to them and say, tell me your story. And make sure you say hi to Patricia over here. You love on her. Amen. Little Tammy over here. You make sure you make yourself known to Tammy. And there's husband and Margot back there. Make sure you love on them in Jesus' name. And there's Elizabeth back there. And then there's Kyle going. I love you, Kyle.